0: Welcome to Highly Educated, the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sherman, and joining us in the studio tonight is the legendary Chauncey Bingo, aka Junior Inventor, aka The James Ryan. James is a sick DJ, producer, guitarist, MC, drummer, and more. Bit of a local personality on the East End, James brings his magnetic energy and charm onto the podcast to share his story. Follow him on Instagram, at Junior Inventor, and keep him in mind next time you need a great DJ for an event. If you can book him, Summer 2022 is filling up already, so I'd contact him now while he's still up the chance. Also want to shout out Dylan Field and Dylan Cola for this new intro song here for the podcast. It's pretty damn badass, if I do say so myself, and I appreciate using this song moving forward. Thanks to the guys, and welcome the Highly Educated. I wish you guys a good 2022, and thanks for the support. Cheers. James, thanks for coming on. How's it Ian. going, Rye? Yeah, you thanks know, for having me, bro. Yeah, it's going good. It's, you know, it's a beautiful night. Little crisp air. It is. In that the fall, that is fall in. air. Mm-hmm. It's here. Summer fall is, is in. Summer's over, I think, officially today with not the date, but the weather. I think today died. Summer died today. Well, she'll be back. She'll be back. She'll be back in a few months. You know, a lot of lot of months, but a few months. I'm fine with it. I like the winter. I
1: like the fall. I like the fall. That's, like my, that's my jam right there. Paul's my
0: jam. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we like the same jam. Exactly. It's amazing. So, James Ryan. James Ryan is, you know, a legendary East Hampton local. And by East Hampton, we mean the east end of Long Island, New York. hmm So, the Hamptons is a man of many hats, does a lot of things. But uh, I'll really kind of give him the story to tell the roots. James, you kick it off. Where was uh, Where was the foundation to the arts in the East Hampton community?
1: Oh, man was always there we had you know pianos in the house um as a kid singing with toys with my sister but um eventually i i guess it was a sixth grade a friend named uh bobby shea his dad brought me to buy my first guitar at a place called manny's in new york city i actually i didn't know that i was a lefty guitarist at that point i i wanted to buy a right-handed one and play it upside down because that's what i was used to and he was like dude his dad, his dad, Danny, said, uh, make sure that you buy a, <coughs> a left-handed guitar, excuse me, um, a left-handed guitar, and um, if you don't like it, flip your strings, do whatever you want to do, but I think it would be easier for you to actually learn if you do it this way. So that's what we did, and um, I you know, played through middle school, and eventually Scott Bluedorn, one of your... Uh, I believe he was on here a few previous, weeks ago.
0: Previous guest, yeah, yes, Scott Bluedorn, guests. yeah.
1: Um, he invited me, actually... Uh, into my in into my first band when I was a freshman in high school get out of here I, no no doubt yeah that's what happened and uh we we played you know for just three years there but I never it, it just was a lasting imprint on me at that point I just that's kind of all I wanted to do
0: and so at what what age what age did you say It was like 13 14 that's when you knew that's, you wanted to just play music that's for and yeah. it.
1: yeah that's when it that's when it really hit and you know granted at this point there's So much of it has become well rounded in audio, but it all started with music.
0: Right, I remember the James Ryan with the long hair that brought in a guitar case with Converge stickers on it, and you know, with your jeans and the studded leather belts. And the yeah, I remember, dude. I remember the guitar, James Ryan.
1: That's that's for sure. I
0: remember him.
1: Oh, I still got it, dude.
0: We we still got it. We were in jazz band together in high school. Don't don't sleep. (laughs) That's a fact. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: So um. So yeah, that was that was generally where it, where it began.
0: But then where did that? So obviously guitar, but then you you play everything. You play drums. You play bass. You play the I whole did. I the did whole play set. Drums. So like, I what mean, was?
1: Yeah, know. but you know, not anymore. I wouldn't claim to play drums anymore. Really? Yeah, mostly because I haven't owned a set in that long. You know, but growing up, I had a set and I was playing it all the time. And then even through college, we had practice uh, rooms that I was able to go play. Drums along with whatever I was composing at that time, right? Um, bass, absolutely. Clarinet, I definitely took an indefinite loan, so to speak, from uh, East Hampton High School on a clarinet when I graduated. Nice. And taught myself how to play that.
0: Whatever, though, you know they can go with one less clarinet.
1: Yeah, well, you know it went. It, <laughs> it definitely, uh, definitely helped a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, so so the music all came in, tied in, and then your kind of childhood factors, you know, you said the family, you said, you know, having music around, kids dragged you in when you were younger, but then when were you like kind of starting to do it to get paid? Like, cause you were in bands. Were were you getting paid for shows like little gigs and stuff that you were like, these are great or whatever. You know, honestly,
1: you know, you know, who was always cool about that? Uh, The talk house. They really were no matter if I was 14 years old, they'd try to like split us some door money, you know, if, you know, and we were, wouldn't be a teen night or whatever. It was I'm sure. It was awkward for them to have a bunch of kids come in and like, you know, we weren't exactly nice. You know, right. We had a blast with it. Right. I mean, sometimes we pack a room out, but at the same time, it's a bit of, I guess, I suppose a bit of a liability having, you know, like 15, 16 year olds running around, but all ages shows, you know, I'm a huge supporter of that because that's, that's really what inspires the kids. A lot of the energy, that's where the energy is as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of this is, you know, it's youthful energy. The yeah, shows. that I was going to say. Yeah, it kind of keeps keeps young at heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Um, so, yeah, but uh, getting paid, geez, that didn't happen till my 20s at some point, mid 20s, maybe. Right. Um, and we weren't playing covers either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you've got to have solid originals if people are going to be coming to see you and spend money like that, you know?
0: Right. That that's really the separation between like, you know the next level is really your, when you're getting paid to play your own music as opposed to covers. Right. You know, not to knock on covers, just... No, not at all. You know, not at all. There's just, a place I, for I, that too. Oh, there's absolutely. a lot of money to be made. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a filthy and, amount of money to be made. And, and,
1: and I, will, I will say um, when I began DJing, which really, like I said uh, before we started recording, it, 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 it became more than I ever thought that it would. And uh, one thing that it taught me early on was that you don't have to hate music. You know what I mean? Like, there's a time and a place for all these things. Right. You know, it's like, if the cover band needs to be there, I'm sure they're the appropriate fit because everyone's made that decision.
0: Right. At a wedding, nobody wants to hear some, like, original rock band playing songs that no one knows. Right, right. <laughs> right. There's a time and a place for everything. Chances
1: are. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Unless you have some, mm-hmm. some you know, really big music fans, I guess. But, right? yeah, like you said, but... Like, what are you, so when you're doing all the, like when you, when you segwayed into like getting paid for stuff, how did you, um, you know, just kind of drop the music side? You said you were doing them both at the same time. Were you playing in a band and also doing paid DJ gigs? Like what was your first paid DJ gig?
1: <sighs> oh man. First paid DJ gig. I I, I don't know if I even remember um i know that i was undercutting myself forever you know because (laughs) like even i'm just like I'm, you know what you're starting to figure out your worth you know and you're right it's it's really you know it's really self-branding and and promotion and in a in a form entrepreneurial in its own because you're kind of just you know selling selling yourself as someone who can just make some party rock you know what i mean right that's that's it um and i will say it's always been interesting to uh sometimes there's still this connotation attached to DJs that perhaps they're not worth as much as a, um, you know, a live musician, which I had struggled with for a while of how serious to take it, especially because I was, you know, just after starting off when, you know, Guys like Dead Mouse and like the whole like super producer DJ thing was right. Coming you came around. in at a weird so era, like you I were did, came in yeah. at the
0: pinnacle of where I DJing did. was, really. I
1: did, but that's not what I was looking up to all those years, you know. Like, and, and I did want um, a turntable system when I was in middle school, there was something about it that I was always drawn to um, vinyl records and stuff like that. Did but you actually, collect
0: vinyls as a kid?
1: Uh, I didn't collect vinyls as a kid, but I actually found my parents' vinyl collection and uh, in a, in a closet, and I never knew it was there. It had to be there forever. I only found that in like eighth grade.
0: That's a relic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was all the all the you know, uh, Moody Blues, uh, Beatles records, all all that was in there. But we weren't really a family listening to records and. If I That was like up,
0: their secret stash. That
1: was kind of their secret stash. Yeah. Maybe they were doing that, you know, after 9 PM when I was uh <laughs> you know, when I was in bed there. This is how James was born. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there was a little uh little Barry White in there. Um so <clears throat> but they were you know, they weren't they didn't that wasn't on their agenda for me to buy me a uh set of turntables and a mixer, you know. Yeah. So years later, uh I was, I was, um, it was after college and uh, I came home and we were at a place called the Boathouse and Maddie Nice and uh, w- who's a DJ out here. DJ exactly. Maddie nice. nice. Exactly. I'll never, I'll never forget. Because we, start, we started with him. We... He started a little bit before me because he can, he had convinced uh, the owner of this place, the boathouse that him and our buddy John were, were DJs <laughs> and that they knew how. So they, they gave them a budget to buy all this DJ gear and they just, you know, faked it until they became it because they both became um like, lo- you know, go to local DJs out here for sure. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I, th- I think one of them at least was even able to go to like Vegas and, and, uh and do it for a while. And, it's uh it's funny how it went, but he was he was letting me touch that equipment um I think one time he wanted to go out for a sig and being that I had a musical background, I was able to uh beat match and figure it out and i and right there i i kind of I was just like this is. This, this is, is fucking cool.
0: This is awesome,
1: and um, so it
0: started at the boathouse with Manny Nice. That's really how you did. got your groove on with DJ. That
1: was the first time that I was yeah. That was the first time that I was really grooving, and um, and I, I think I I think I was mixing there th- what it was. I think it was like um, Cream by Wu Tang, and I think I made it go somehow with um, with Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. Wow, and it was just the sitting. Mix. It was just sitting together, and I and. I was able to use loop braces and stuff to just kind of create this different experience. And that was something that's really important for me for, for live DJing is um, retaining that live aspect of it. That that's from, you know, where, where I'd be more of a stage musician right? where you create an experience for someone that they can really only hear that mix in that moment because you came up with it either on the spot or you rehearsed it. A lot, you know, a lot of people think that DJs don't rehearse, put a lot of time into getting fresh like that. You know what I'm but saying?
0: What's, what's the, what is that technical process? Cause I, you know, that's, that's an argument a lot of people make is, oh, they just have a playlist and they're switching and they're doing no, drops yeah. and they're doing like, what is that real technical aspect? I mean, oh, DJs man. like you that actually have a respect for it. Well, it's, that it's actually, actually do. And you have vinyl, right? And that's how you speak. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, well, I use, um it's called the digital vinyl system, DVS. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, this really comes down to sort of processes. Uh, there's. Sort of what originally you would call crate digging, which would be DJs going, ABCs to, going and... to no, we'll go into um, going to record stores,
0: right? Finding a sample, burning that.
1: Yep, taking that, like figuring out what's hot was some cool flip or whatever like that. Um, and so that these days comes down a lot to um, one of my one of, part of my bread and butter is I'll try to find like unshazamable music. You know what I mean? And as right. much fun as like some of the the hits, you know, I'll play the, play some hits and stuff like that. But if you could find a flip of something that um, is recognizable in some way to the audience, but also it was made by like some bedroom DJ in whatever, Poland. Um, yeah. It doesn't, it, you know, just because that, that's how you found it. It, don't, it makes it fresher because they're not going to be able to shazam it. So you're the only one who has it. So it kind of becomes currency in its own right
0: wow yeah. okay so but I mean I, I spend, think about Djing like that I spend
1: yeah. a lot of time digging 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 rabbit holes through like SoundCloud. um Soundcloud is a, is a is a huge huge one where you're just gonna find stuff that you know some guy has like 10 followers but he's just got this now banger. but what's
0: what's that in the you no
1: know, because I don't want to be disrespectful in terms of the copyright thing I understand people got to make their money but if you're making remixes I don't know I think I think a lot of people haven't Especially in industry, people, it's still it's still kind of laggy in terms of uh, understanding how important um, remixes can be to the industry, to the original song. It breathes new life into the original song, you know. Um, then people
0: start listening to it.
1: People start listening to it again. And it revives
0: it again and maybe turns it into a number one single or something. Right. Like You never right. know with that stuff. It's crazy how it, a song catches on and gets hot.
1: It most certainly is. And
0: yeah. when you're in a remix and then you hear that song for the first time, like the real song, and you never heard the original before, you're like, oh, fuck, this is where that right. came from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, then you're like, that that's in, your favorite song. Or at that like, point that's, you're bugging.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then culturally, it is, it is something I love. I absolutely love where these samples came from but like I said, I wasn't there looking up uh, to like dead Mouse and stuff like that. Um, I was more looking towards like RJD2 um, and guys who were making hip hop. You know what I mean? Premiere and all this. Right. Um, hip hop DJs. Yeah, generally. You know, not not so much edm
0: Right. Um, and then so you really got your first night we were talking about off air. First time you really got a break to get like your own night at a bar. I'm pretty sure it was Blue Parrot, it was, right? It was a
1: blue parrot, yeah. So Blue sure. Parrot
0: Thursdays was the blue original Parr- DJ <laughs> yes, James Ryan junior inventor. Yes it was you know night that you got to like throw a party and it was a rager for what five years, yeah, four years, five yeah, years? I think
1: yeah <laughs> it was I think it was just under five years. Um we uh I don't know they just gave me a shot. You know they wanted they wanted people in there. We said why not try Thursdays?
0: And you were already a personality kind of kid at the time. People always knew you, yeah, Even yeah, in yeah. high school. Yeah, you're, but always, also, also, you're a friendly guy. People know you as the friendly, funny guy, you know? Right,
1: but at the same time, I was uh I was you know being looked at for music as well.
0: True. Um, true. I, you were was, you were known recognizable for music at right. that Right. I mean, I was I was uh
1: I had been playing with um I think I'd stopped at that point playing with a band called Porches. Um and also had just released I believe my old sake album. And so that was, that was even interesting too. That was, that was all built off of um, that entry point into DJing, which I kind of interrupted myself, but basically what happened was that after Maddie nice, um, let me, you know, touch that equipment. I was, I was like, I've got to, I've got to get some money and, and, and buy this. Like to me, it was a tick, you know, it was, it was a ticket out of the service industry, which I, you know, I'm still, still very much around, but I um I didn't want to wait tables anymore. I wanted to become more centric around the music. So I was like, at least I'll I'll be able to push myself in this way. And like I said, it became more than I ever thought that it would. Right. Um. So. Uh.
0: But how did? But so from that though, because you said battling with the service industry too. I mean, you worked in the legislative establishment of Cyril's I did. for a long time.
1: Yeah, fourteen summers I was in there.
0: Fourteen summers, James yeah. Ryan was at Cyril's, yeah, the famous Cyril's,
1: Cyril's Fish House, man. Um, and I, you know, like not. Don't get me wrong, I loved that, and also I had been taking some shifts at Blue Parrot at this point too, so I, I shouldn't forget that. I was, I was in there.
0: Oh um, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember that.
1: I was doing all sorts of stuff. That's when I first started working with Quantum Sound Systems. Doing, um, I was doing, uh, starting to do audio, live audio at the surf lodge too on Sundays. And that even became a career path later on.
0: So you were musically just in that scene then at that time, buzzing in the, in the groove, you know?
1: yeah, just trying to trying to figure it out how, how to um how to make it happen that way. You know now
0: and then so when, when that expanded when people started recognizing, oh, you know, he's a great DJ and whatever, that's when the gigs started funneling in, like, oh, can you play my wedding? Oh, can you do this? Yeah. Oh, can you how did that transition to like really paid gigs, you said?
1: Yeah, well I mean that that was, that was at least, you know, I, I totally put, um, put love on that, that that was my first, you know, steady DJ paycheck, um, that was coming every week. And I, and I, I was, I was, I looked forward to it every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. was it? and it was a night thing, you know, like, um, during, I, uh, I will say during, you know, COVID, I was, uh, happy to be able to continue to play because there's enough outdoor spots out here. Right. You know, that, that, um that we were able to to skate by on, on on a lot of stuff. But uh this was um kind of an uh an introduction to how lit nighttime kind of club DJing so to speak can can, can be. Which is right. where which was where I started for sure.
0: Yeah. And then so fast forward future times. You've done hundreds of events now for others, weddings, small parties, events, you know, the list goes on. Right. What, what is it like day to day like how, does it get repetitive how do you how do you remember it, it
1: uh it can if you let it <laughs> um, it can become repetitive if you let it uh but again like I said I ha- I do try to keep a bit of a rehearsal sketch you know what I mean time to figure out so that it's not stale for me but at the same time it's always fun I mean, I don't know if, if you're a DJ worth your salt if you don't have a this one time where I fucked up really badly in front of a huge fucking crowd type story. Like where, like <laughs> if you don't, if that doesn't make, oh man, there's also, I have, I have, oh man. Let's hear some bombs. A bomb, I, I, I had made this mix up um, that is sort of like a scratch mix um, of Drake's um, Hotline Bling.
0: Yep, and, I remember that.
1: And and for some reason in my head, I always heard Phil Collins in the air tonight with it. <laughs> and I was able to do, you know, I it's it's like doing a trick almost, you know, like when when you've got to time it all properly, and and you've got to land it. You've got to land it so that when that comes in on the Phil Collins side, right? You've got to have your you used to call me on the uh Drake part <laughs> drop on a pickup. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not exactly like a be- a beginner style mix. You know, cuz you you you're not just on the one. You're, right. You you've got a pick up there. Um, and uh, I've just I train wrecked that at a <laughs> at a yeah, I did. I train wrecked it like at this at this private party in like Soho at this uh. like this really cool apartment where they kind of like put me on this like overlook hang thing, like above everyone. And everyone was just looking up at me like with a disgusted face. I was like, yeah, there's, there's times like that too. But I mean like, um, that one, that one, you know, you know what, you know what though, that was, that was an equipment. That was a wardrobe malfunction. The, the, the equipment actually messed up on that one. Um, while my mixer was starting to mess up, but,
0: um yeah sure man it's always yeah exactly let me let me blame it on something no 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 that was i'll say that was me
1: i could have gotten around that somehow um so you've
0: had some bombers you know
1: i've had some bombers totally but then there's the other bounce back there's the other but there's the other part of that where like if if when you go big on something live and you it just pops up and you've never rehearsed it and you land it you just feel like i'm ready for this party to Go forever, you know what I mean.
0: Like, because right. people will notice. Energy is restored physically too. You like totally. Feel you oh, just yeah.
1: feel like a, like electric. Being like, yes, this is a this is a killer mix. Like, What's more
0: is... fun for you? Comparatively, you've been a, a musician on a stage in front of fans. Right. Me as a drummer, I've played in front of bands, li- you know, live shows, etc. Comparatively, that feeling is it DJ to music or music to DJ? I feel like music gives you more of a feeling. No, or am I wrong? I mean,
1: it 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 honestly depends. They're are they're, they're definitely different. I mean, um, when I'm playing live with other people on a stage, it's a totally different relationship with like, you know, the equipment that you're playing through anything like that. Whereas, um, DJing is sort of, uh, you know, you might have people hyping around you or like hear what you're doing the same way that you're hearing it. Um, but that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to say is that, uh, preserving DJing, uh, in sort some uh, some sort of a live fashion, you know, so that so that it feels closer to that. It's tough for me. Like, it's tough for me to pick a side. You know what I'm saying? That's um, that's why I picked your brain for it because I feel tough. like you've yeah, hit both difficult.
0: sides so well that you now you need to.
1: I've gotten that feeling on comment. both sides. Yeah, that's that's it's an interesting one, and I've gone back and forth on it because I find it easier to be even regard even regarded in any way, like regarding yourself or regarded uh, by others as you know. It's It has this um, connotation of being lazy, I feel like, DJing. I really do.
0: It does. No, it gets a bad rep. It I th- really does. I think it does,
1: and I think it, a lot of it comes from um, that, like, superstar producer DJ era of the, you know, late aughts 2010-esque, you know, like the teens, whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's what I think it kind of gets into it, but even bands, too. I mean, what? I feel like a DJ doesn't get any more respect than, like, some shitty band that no one's going to see, you know?
1: I don't think no, I don't think I, I think no? I think that the shitty band would get more respect sometimes. Really? I really do because pe- a lot of people just have this like immediate thing in their head that the, the, the DJ isn't isn't working hard and they're just pressing play and, and they stuff just like think that, that like, way about
0: the drummer in the band. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Always late, screwing up. Lazy. You know all about that. Lazy, yeah, I've heard it my whole life. <laughs> yeah. So Soakers. um
1: yeah, so uh so straight up that's um that's generally where it's at with that, you know, but Again, a lot of rehearsal goes in um, to make it sound fresh, and i I believe that's where um I've been able to find myself uh experiencing you know some levels of success as a dJ straight up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, people think the DJ is lazy, but in reality, you guys are putting in hours and hours of you know time to to create these samples, to create these mixes, to create things. It's not just everybody's up there standing right. and hitting a button. I'm sure there is guys that are up there doing that, just like there's any other oh, shitty I've, I've, I've definitely, person.
1: I've definitely split, I've split gigs with people who, I'm like, how, how are you even next to me? <laughs> I don't mean that. I don't gig? mean that to be cocky at all. I'm just saying, right.
0: like, I don't, I don't understand like how we're in the same cal. You must have lied on your resume to get here, right? son. <laughs> right.
1: Or if someone or if people like you a lot, I guess. You right. know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, that's when when it when it doesn't come off as fresh, like I'm never a, a dick to them. But I mean more times than not, I've actually watched them just be like, No, no, keep going. You keep going. You know, I'm like, well, we said we were gonna go back to back, you know, which is a really fun
0: Well, that's a dynamic see, too. That's, a,
1: that's a fun exercise as a DJ to go either one or two songs at a time, see what your partner's gonna play. And then, and then it just keeps you, it keeps you sharp and you find yourself again, doing things that you wouldn't have thought to do because there's another mind in the room. So it brings it back to the stage, so to speak with the The live music music and the live music, right. And working with a
0: band, it's kind of the same thing. So the, the time and the, and the hours you put in on the back end, people don't see. They just pay you for the hourly gigs. Just kind of like how me for a photographer, it's like, you know, they pay me for the hours I'm shooting the camera. I don't really charge people for editing. That's kind of just something that's thrown in. But in reality, I'm editing a set of 300 photos for right eight, eight hours sometimes. It, all the ghost work. <laughs> right. The ghost work you don't see is the what shadow really work. it yep. up. Yep. yep. Totally. You know? Totally. All the
1: stuff that you're getting together in order to be able to make that experience happen for them um that's that's huge for sure and that's that's again where i'm saying like uh, the digging comes in digging down these rabbit holes of the internet being like oh well who oh here's a fresh track who liked that track and then start looking at their profiles and then trying to see where that might lead and hopefully at the end of that rabbit hole you found at least one two other like fresh tracks that nobody else even has
0: so yeah we were talking about just like create you know, like you said, finding that special sound, finding that special sound, honing that in. Right. Some people search weeks for it. Some people search months for it. You know, some people really, that's,
1: that's for sure. Try
0: to search for that sound. We were just talking about Crudo means raw. I was just talking about with you.
1: Right. Right. Um. Yes. And, you know, he, he's doing, you know, originally coming from like some boom bap stuff. And, uh, when I was first starting DJing and I was still playing more live music, I was going to, uh, the record stores and getting, what are called breaks records, Right. and they're generally um, just drum loops, stuff like that. That uh, that I was able to loop myself and then play music over. That would a lot of that would turn into the first Old Sake album, um, and even the the album to follow, follow it Gloomfeather. Um, that uh, that all came from kind of a DJ vertebrae, to be honest. You know, just this. Kind of Frankensteiny way of doing it, where you're kind of the only one in the room, generally, and um you still you got to piece them all together yourself. So it, it turns right. into production. Right. That's which which production is the hardest
0: sense. aspect, in my opinion, to pull it all together. Like production's
1: a blast. You know, I love you know? I love that. You know, but that's um,
0: hard though. You know, pulling together the elements. I feel like for me, the easy part is playing the drums. I can lay down drums all day. I can right. do it in my sleep. I can do it in my eyes closed. But but right. producing like you have to be so in tune it takes hours and it's dredging and you're well yeah concise concise and and you know concise
1: is uh, is you know sort of a, um, a relative term so to speak you know it's so subjective it's like well how how concise do you want to be I mean o- o- over over quarantine I, I, I wrote a six song EP that I haven't even put out that was. I had been listening to this metal band called um, the Locust a lot again and their yeah. grind core. I mean, each song is only about 30 seconds long to a minute, but they're very memorable if you're um, in tune with that type of music. Uh, and so I started want, trying to take that short form and put it into kind of a, almost like a Queens of the stone age esque rock
0: was that the moss eaten deerhead guys? Yes,
1: that was. Yeah, yeah. that was from their fir- their first. Uh, yeah. yeah, one of their first. Um, I remember those guys. Oh yeah, man, they're, dude, they're, fuck dude, they're, yeah. they're they're they have an album called Plague Soundscapes that to to this day I just I I'm blown away by it. So I started listening to it again and was just like, well, this is at a point <clears throat> I don't want to lose the artistry and and going back to what you're saying about you know the, the repetitive nature. Does it does it get? dull for you and it's like well it, it can but i think anything really can um and
0: or are you stir- gonna be big enough to not let it well start you know?
1: yeah, stirring the pot up again and being like that like feeling more like an artist rather than you know you never want to sit there as a dj and feel like a, du- a jukebox that's that's like one, one of the primary rules you know what i mean right from you know drunk chicks coming up and trying to this one was so hammered um i was like i don't have that because i didn't have it Whatever song she was asking for, I didn't even know what it was. And uh, she felt that it would be appropriate at that point to stand in front of me for a literal 10 minutes with the middle finger up in my face. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of laughing, being like, but she's not laughing. She's like, thinks she's getting a point across or something. Something like that. Like, there's all sorts of abuse stories in this in, in, oh, the, in yeah. this career. Also, oh. it's it's pretty funny.
0: Oh, you're 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 no bigger or better at risk than a professional clown. It's oh, the same. You're exactly. in the same ballpark no, want, of yeah. risk factor to to human beings at a event. No, they want the world.
1: They want the whole world, and they want it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like, they want every, it's like They're the unrealistic whole, to everything. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh my God. The amount of times people yell at a DJ play this song or play oh, that. Oh, too, like, too funny. Come on, man. Just let the guy fucking do his job. If right. he likes the music. If you don't like the music, I leave try. the bar.
1: I try to. You know, I try to take requests if it if it uh, if it suits.
0: Sometimes, do you like it? Is like, oh shit, that's a banger.
1: Yeah. That has happened <laughs> where you're more, like, oh wow, I, I love that. That has happened more than you would think that it would, and that's why I still kind of invite the idea. Oh, okay. But, so like, you
0: wouldn't invite the idea if people weren't throwing you bangers sometimes. No,
1: and like. Usually the the you know the the proper answer is I'll um, I'll try to you know or I'll, I'll let me see if I could get to that you know what I mean like every now and then though you're d- you're dealing with someone who 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 does have this ear that they come up and they're like yo tell me if this is crazy um uh, and they'll be like you know this suggest this song against this song and I'll be like actually that would sound dope you know what I mean and and then we'll we'll oh, wow. we'll do that and I'll 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 give them a little hey dope. You know, little, you know little, hey, thanks, little man. Thumbs up. What's going on, man? Like, but, um, and that, believe it or not, mm. isn't even few and far between.
0: And that, that probably makes your night too. To be like, damn, okay, all right. Hel- Those are little helps. moments like that it that helps, keep yeah. you keep you alive totally, with it.
1: Because it's about the it's about interfacing with the people. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's that's what you're doing. And and you come out. No, that's n- half no the one, aspect no that no one, one realizes. No one comes out and says, "I hope the fucking DJ, you know, or or even DJs. No one's like, I hope the DJ." uh Excuse me. I hope the audience sucks tonight. You know what I mean. No one wants that. Right. That's not like no comedian
0: wants a heckler. No, whatever. Oh, totally some sick fucks. But
1: yeah, yeah, exactly the the masochistic ones.
0: Right, like Patrice O'Neal or something like would rip hecklers up, or Bill Burr rips hecklers up. Like you know, there's some people you don't want to heckle. But
1: Um, (laughs) so yeah, so that's that's where it's at. So I'm I'm open to the idea. I'm not I'm not you know that crazy with it. Some people are like, no, absolutely not. So what
0: advice would you give for like younger DJs or younger musicians going into it, especially out here in the Hamptons? Is there still something left for them in terms of events and gigs? I mean, you're, you've been really busy lately, right? Like you've been crazy busy these last two years, even even through the pandemic, you were busy. And, and really that, that that
1: kept a lot of people away. You know what I mean? So locally there weren't so many um, DJs left to fill slots. So I'm getting shouts, often, you know, last minute to be like, can, can you come, can you hit this? And I'm, I'm hitting up, you know, like my, my, uh, my homie deli boy, Greg, um, and seeing if he could fill slots for me We're we're, we're constantly passing gigs back and forth. So like at a point uh, there is that environment that there is a, enough of a community. I mean, even for instance, uh homie DJ Chile is with um, uh one oh five point three now. And he, he reaches out to, to all of us, to see if we want to do a Labor Day mix, you know, stuff like that, like a twenty minute mix. That, all right. That oh right! Oh, DJ Chile together. moved to the radio. He's on the radio, wow. right? straight up. And that, right. that was another one. I think he he, uh, he was even giving Maddie Nice and I advice when we were first starting. And like, he oh, had, he was he had, the original he, DJ at the Hamptons. Been, he'd been in the he'd been in the game for for a while.
0: And he was the original like resort flirt, squirt, before, whatever even, whatever that place was even, called. I
1: think even before all that, oh, you know, and dream. He had, a, he had a, a star room for sure. Mm-hmm. you know
0: he he was old star room he
1: had a star room old yeah. school you know <laughs> like um so yeah so that's that's where it's at though because there is a, there is just as as there would be in in live music there is a community that that looks out for each other and tosses stuff i mean um dj biggie the black rhino i'll, I'll toss him stuff um right when i'm able to he i because because you know what you you start to get to know each other you start to believe in each other's skills you know like you'd be like all right this guy this guy for, for lack of better verbiage, this guy gives a fuck.
0: Right, you he know can, what I mean. When you're like, passionate. Totally. You, you want gotta, passionate people, especially if you're going to work with people and give people your work. That's your word you're giving it. to somebody. Oh, I have a great for DJ sure. for you. You're not going to want them to suck or like be no. something bad, and that's a representative of you. That's nah. that's a reflection. And we've of all yours.
1: we've all gotten anxiety over stuff we care about. You know what I'm saying? So like, especially in that, like at a point, you're just like, oh, you could see you could see who the squad is. You could see who's coming up. You know, and and who, and who you would who you would but you are saying there's room.
0: You are saying there's room, man. Like that, come yo, up, absolutely. But how do they afford room. the rent out here?
1: Oh, man, that's a, <laughs> that's a, yeah, exactly. Car <laughs> car car crash. Um, I don't know, bro. That's that's, you know, like uh, that's that's a tough question because I, I'm 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 uh disgusted with with what's gone out on out here with as in terms of housing, um and. As as uh, Scott even said, another one Scott of the former, yeah. right? He, uh, you know, it's like the, the answer. Oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. That's 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 not an acceptable answer, nor is it a viable option for anyone. There's, it's right. What, you know, at a point, but at, at a point, I I see myself. I see I see a lot of people who who are at least consider. They're looking at the towel, wondering, should I throw it in? You know what I mean? Right. Like,
0: is this town too expensive for me now? It, am I finally this, priced out? It, like, we, am I
1: getting priced out? And, but and, and we worried and do, about it
0: for years. We We always knew it was coming. We of were course. glooming. You know, Montauk's getting busier. East Ham's getting busier. The Hamptons are getting more and Everything's good. Right. right. Well, right. We, right. we knew this day of judgment was coming, but we didn't know it was this close. I'd, I'd agree with you on we, that. We didn't know it was this close. We didn't know right. it was right now. Like, oh right. shit, the pandemic pushed us all right. to, to the brink of it. It slowed know?
1: so many things down, but not that.
0: Right. Exactly. It accelerated that. Not only could you, you know, maybe not keep your job, you could also maybe not get a house. Right. Yeah. 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 Now you're it was the perfect storm. And the rental markets all got swooped up because people wanted to sell their homes instead of rent them because the market was so hot. Mm -hmm. So it depleted that rental market completely. And the town's rules on how, you know, sharing Mm -hmm. share housing and all that stuff like that. That also cut back big time on things. But I think more so it's the real estate market and selling of the homes. And people, you know, right. all my workers in the companies I work with, you know, they they don't. Totally. They, and they and, all come from Up Island now. They were living here a year or two ago because now they have to move because they couldn't. You know, the houses right. they were renting now got sold.
1: Or, or, for instance, the amount of restaurants that haven't been able <laughs> to open a you know, full-time for seating because they can't staff the place because staff housing isn't around, you know, all sorts of stuff like
0: that. Right. So well, maybe. the immigrant visas aren't being issued or right, weren't that, being visited. That doesn't that, help at that all. That was a huge thing. There yeah. was no Russian immigrant visas. There was no Haitian, no No. No Jamaican, no, Jamaican, no and, and no Irish. Irish. I mean, there was a yep. lot of, it, there's a lot of immigrant labor here in the summertime that come in, you know, with visas and they, and they do produce a lot of labor force and there right. just wasn't that labor force this year. And the Hamptons really took a toll, you know, yeah. for it.
1: Absolutely. I would completely agree with that, um, and the talent. And, but you know what? I will say I feel lucky that I do have the joint that I'm staying in. I do. Um, but right, you're
0: fortunate, but you're not. You're lucky. You know,
1: right? But that's the thing. It, it's like it, I don't want to say should I have to feel lucky. It's kind of you know. It sounds funny. I uh, but to to but what I'm what I'm trying to say the is if I punk. were to, yeah, you lucky bastard. If I were, if I were to give the joint up or or try to figure out, especially in this line of work of DJing of a career DJ like it's like um if you're going to go somewhere you're still going to pay your rent there right if I, because bottom line i feel like if i were to give up this spot i'd have a huge problem re-entering this community not 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 because i think i think you know i'd get by with a little help from my friends but the bottom line is you know i, you don't be I want, I want my joint exactly like i want my spot who who wouldn't right. you know what i mean like so there's there's that aspect of like um you know, it, it adds another factor of risk to um to that career, you know. Even it does. It does. Like, that wasn't really that there could, before because before career, you could afford. Was, exactly, exactly. Before, you know, if it
0: was $800 a month, you could rent somewhere. That's fine, you know, because you can maybe make that in a few gigs a month. Totally, you know, it's fine. not really that well, bad.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... <laughs> More expensive than that, I'll tell you that much. But right, but no, even the, back
0: then. But I'm saying, you know, right, now right. even more so. Right, and at the same time, like you said, but the, but there is a lot of work for people, so you don't discourage young DJs and, and bands. Now, what can the town totally. do to really promote these things? Because I feel like you know, while you know mayor Jerry Larson we're going to get him on the podcast i feel like he has that's good. I love expressed that man. He's a good man he, yeah he's expressed that he wants to do more live music he wants to do more events he started the thing in the herrick park where there's a lot of you know music series there he did the main beach thing collab cool. with yeah, them yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think it's a lot they you know they are getting cool. there you know that's
1: coming from what 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 i That would wasn't regarded. around though, when we no, were younger I, I would regard this place as a town of
0: no the oh, land no, of no, no is no, the no. famous saying exactly. yeah the land like, of no no, yeah. no
1: no way like and uh and seeing that,
0: unless you're a rich guy that can buy a beach, a whole strip of beach, right,
1: right. Can yeah. you imagine then that? It, then it's the land of yes. Oh, but wait, other than wait, oh wait, yeah, that happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the town's fault. That was New York State. Right, so that's, blame that's the state. It wasn't true. the town. Fairness to the yeah, town and all true. the guys, the council board. They all hate the this whole thing. Right, too. that's true. They're fighting for us, not for them. Sea far, so baby.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. So I think that is rad. You know what I mean? And it 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 was cool too that it all cropped up. All those events, kind of. Out of out of out of nowhere. Well, once know, he it.
0: became in office, he yeah. kind of started these things, and that's why I appreciate people that are trying to make the arts happen because that's really what this town was founded on, right? The totally. roots of what made it the Hamptons and what made it famous was because these abstract artists and famous painters and everybody, you know, they weren't famous when they were, you know, they were out here, they right. were painting in their heyday, and then their work became praised, like you know, correct. And, and this is where they lived. It's like now you have to pay this homage. We don't want to turn into this dusty, shitty, like Jersey Shore party town. And we almost did. I think we reached a pinnacle. I I don't know if you remember, but I think that that rowdy summer. I think it was like 2015 or 16.
1: I do. I mean, there's there's still aspects
0: of it. No, there's definitely still aspects. But there was like that pinnacle at like 2017 maybe, 18 or whatever. It was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is this is happening. Like there's reality TV shows. People are going crazy. There's this whole thing. There's like buses of kids coming out every weekend to do all this shit. Right. But now with the share house cutting thing and all the rental market being squeezed, right. you know, we didn't really get that during COVID. We did get busy bars and stuff. It was still right. good outdoor bars and stuff. Well, you know, it's you know inter- what I mean? It's, in,
1: it's interesting too, because you know, on this same subject, you know, the, the place like the surf lodge would catch so much heat, you know, for, for being th- them, I, right. I, I, but being that I helped do uh, audio there for, for, you know, so many years, whatever it is at this point, six, seven years or something like that summers. Um, they, I have watched them put in so much effort and quantum sound system straight up out of Montauk, like putting so much effort into, um, not just appeasement, but keeping it fun too, and making it a show that it should be. Um, but at, at, at a point it's like, you know, you've got these decibel laws that are really lawmakers making laws about physics that they don't understand. Literally right. sound physics. You right. know, like, like decibel de- readings and yeah, meters. Sound and- pressure levels that they don't they don't really understand. Like, but you know, the people getting pissed are these people who aren't even here all the time. It's a uh, it's it's a conundrum <laughs> for
0: starters. I think I know? think Surf Lodge in its entirety from the start was just Handed a shitstorm, Villainized, too. And villainized. Well, I think partly due... It's the parking. It's the parking. Like, if that place had a separate parking lot... Like, if it was, like, the dock or, like, Gosman's or something where you have that separate parking lot and then you have the bar no one would have said a fucking word and it would have been right. smooth money. But because they have to park a hundred cars along the street and people are walking in the road and dr- drunk idiots saying, it do shook whatever. up. That's what it is. It shook, is. Things, it shook up, things up. You know and it got mean? people crazy and it got people blooded. And, and like yeah. you know, the music definitely pissed people off. But but you know what? You their know programming
1: has been so rad. It's brought culture into a spot that culture was dying because of the land of no.
0: And I think that that's an important thing. I mean, Surf Lodge... As much as we want to say, you know, it's it, they're not here, and they came in, they opened it. And th- th- I don't think that's fair to say because I think at the same time, they were the ones that came in and pushed that boundary. Right. They were the ones that fought for that and wanted the and live music did. and wanted to, you know, not to say that they had the, not to say that, oh, they had the town's interest in mind. They probably had their profit line in mind. But it doesn't matter what the interest was. They were fighting for well, the I mean, common it, cause know, the, at that point.
1: There's a, there's a reason they end their shows at 8 p.m., you know, it's it's to stay away from that nine PM threshold. You know, they're they're actually trying to work on. They've they, they've worked so hard on being courteous to those around them, uh, which is a really funny. Well, it's thing, great that they you know, have a free show
0: too. You don't have to pay; it's free. It's literally free. You just line up, and and, and you have to pay for a table, obviously. Right. But well, I mean, or yeah. like if you want to like get in indefinitely, mean. but. You, if you want to like wait in line, it's just get like a free any other show. joint. You know what
1: I mean. Get in early. If you if you, if you start to know the people at the establishment, right. You know things will work in your favor. That's 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 kind of the. But OGs. I think locals have know.
0: this drag against Surf Lodge, like it's this nasty thing. But uh, you know, it's like like you said, they push the envelope for the for that you know movement, and they also at the same time provided free shows. I don't know too many people that aren't like, oh, let me let, let's go to the Surf Lodge show this weekend. There's a great artist playing. Like a lot of people say that, but then those same people will talk trash about it a couple days later, saying, oh, this place uh, so is funny. with this. Yes, so you're absolutely. Like, you're like, okay, well, which one is it? Yeah, you know? right. Exactly. You pick a side then, if you're going to
1: be whatever exactly, about it. Exactly. You know, but you know what? It is a double-edged sword because like, <clears throat> i you know,
0: I, double-edged sword. Right. I'm
1: going back to to what you're saying is it, it's it's. Uh, it is like that. It's like you you want you want to have your culture, but you have to deal with douchebaggery, you know, right, like that. To retain and, and, that, and that's that's been like the only place at the forefront of it. I mean, I mean, Talkhouse is starting to get a little bit privy to it. I actually have I have <clears throat> huge belief that uh that East Hampton Clubhouse is going to end up being a really cool uh, contender on the venue front as far as. Um, Having professional sound, professional acts come through. It's it's a straight up awesome venue. I was able to open up for um, Sublime with Rome there.
0: That was so cool. That was, was the that best was show. Blast. That it was, was a... like the best show aside from Marcus King at Talkhouse. That was the best show I saw all summer.
1: That was it. Was so fun. It was, that was uh, it. Was so fun. Man. That was like, it. Was
0: so great to to see Sublime in. And I will say, I was skeptical at first about Clubhouses. Music because I didn't see the Bon Jovi show, so I didn't know what a concert was, which was inside the inside. Which was a
1: totally different joint, like, though, too. He right, was, the place, he, he there was, was just a
0: cornhole set right there. Uh, six months ago, there's cornhole and fake turf. And all of a sudden I'm staring at a high production stage right. with like, you know, $70,000 worth of speaker equipment right. strapped behind it. Yeah, And I'm looking at oh, 70,000. I'm probably underplaying. It's probably like $200,000 worth of sound equipment, yeah, but I'm looking like, at this and there's a it's, transformation it's, overnight. I'm like, holy shit. And then I see sublime. And I I was, I was skeptical. I was like, the sound's probably going to suck. And of course, to my surprise, it was amazing. It was, it was a great a show. It was a blast. Total blast. fucking show. That was, that was amazing. It's actually probably, I don't even know the, I wish I could tell you the attendance. I know it was sold out, but it, it didn't feel too stuffy. It felt good. Like I still had some room to kind of like move my elbows. It wasn't like wall to wall, which is actually a better show. You know, you don't want to be like stuffed like a sardine, all hot, right, and sweaty right. and uncomfortable.
1: Right. But I mean, don't you though? <laughs> <laughs> do, don't Honestly, you? At, a, at a show, I don't know. I'm, I'm always with that. Maybe, yeah. Or rock. COVID, show. Maybe again, COVID again, gave me that di- fear. I was like, di- okay. Different story for me for feeling at a rock show and a, uh, like, some sort of DJ show, you know what I mean? Like, True. DJ stuff, I'd, I'd want some room to dance for them, though. It's, I don't know. That's just the way I am, though. Each their own, I suppose. On to that. each but, their own.
0: Um, but segueing back into, like, the town and kind of what they're doing. So, like, obviously, we've had this good, you know, movement now that we're kind of seeing. But... Do you think that there should be we were talking about like LTV and what Mike Clark is doing and how they can rent out sound space and how you can rent out space there should be more public spaces awesome. open like that Absol- or public event spaces Absolutely
1: Where's the outdoor amphitheater? that that puts it that puts it in in into uh into the people's hands a little bit more because you know that's that's the thing so even when I was playing more music uh live you know at the around you know 28 uh, 2008 to whatever 2012 or whatever um it was more of DIY venues around Brooklyn and stuff like that. Spots where like people were opening up these generally speakeasies just so that they had some sort of a venue to have a voice in. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that it needs to be um, that gorilla out here, but I think that there absolutely is an audience for um, uh, DJing music, uh, like live music, just something, but something more than just. Um, and I don't want to say just cover bands because I do have friends that do that, and you know, make like uh, make their money doing that. So I don't want to underplay or undervalue these types of music makers. Um, but as far as a venue for a voice, whatever that voice may be, you know what I mean. I, I think right. I think we're still kind we of. We just need accessibility, sc- right? Scant at best.
0: Right, and there's, and that's what I'm saying. We need more resource, and I think we've been chatting about that. I've been like the old hag bantering about it on and on, you know, with everybody that comes on here about it. But I think it's important. Repetitive eventually hits the right ears, and maybe somebody will do something about it. It's 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 incredibly important. So random side question to segue into the next topic here: dream guitar, dream drum, or dream DJ setup? Somebody says you can have, you know, this desert island. You can have a. Dream guitar, dream drum set, dream DJ setup, dream whatever. What would it be? Um, what would the setup be?
1: You only get um, one. Oh, I only get one. I only okay. get one. You can't come oh, on. Man.
0: Shoot, man. Um, You're on a desert fucking island. You're Tom Hanks. You got lucky. A package dropped in and it had this item in it.
1: Well, if I pick the DJ setup, do I get vinyl too? You get like five vinyls. <laughs> do my needles wear out? <laughs> no,
0: they're they're diamonds. They're, they're diamond last
1: diamond ones. All right. Um, I get five. Oh, well then I'm I'm totally taking a. I'll probably take a Washburn.
0: A little Washburn guitar, a co- huh? if,
1: if I'm on a desert island, it's going to be acoustic, obviously, unless I get, like, you know, an orange <laughs> stack and a Rickenbacker.
0: All right. Well, if you had an amp option, <laughs> would you take the guitar and amp combination or would you still stay acoustic?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would, go, I would, I would definitely go with that. All right, guitar
0: um, and amp. And what would the guitar and amp setup be if you could pick one perfect guitar and amp setup out oh, of anything man. in the world? honestly jcm probably, tube amps marshall take, tube amps no and actually some fucking, i wouldn't you know got?
1: after after playing a gibson for so long and like you know you either had your your fenders who were just you know fender guitar fender amp front
0: man or stage man
1: or whatever or, all those the different names well, well i'm just saying i i, I at this point I, I i like the sound and versatility of a fender i really do from their amps to their i mean i've been playing a gibson, best, gibson sg standard for whatever uh
0: that was your original guitar that's 20, sg yeah
1: 20 years yeah, it's been tw- twenty Angus years. The Angus Young special. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, like you know, totally different tone that and that in a Marshall rather than a Fender and a Fender. You know what I mean? The jangle of um, of single coil pickups versus humbuckers. You know, stuff like that have, yeah. have finally really wheedled their way into my ears, and um, I think I would take that. I think I'd take the, some sort of a Fender setup, Fender guitar and Fender amp. That's what I'd take.
0: All right, that's fucking, that's legit. I would respect right. that. So James motherfucking Ryan. Sir. You know, you've you you're done it all at this point, you know, guitar, you've done the bass, you've done the drums, you've done the DJ, the MC. So, you know, you did the Chauncey bingo. How did that all start? John o came up to you and said, hey, man, I want you to be an MC, and that's how it rolled?
1: Yeah, that, that one's funny. I think that actually came up uh, at the talk house, and uh, he was like, hey, so me and the boys were thinking... We do a bingo, and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, we do it in the backyard, my backyard." I was like, "Sure, let's do it." You know <laughs> and what you'll I mean? See like, the bingo, yeah. Because at that point, I, geez, I, I don't know, man. I was at that point, I was down for anything. Like I said, uh, it, this this audio game, this music game has been long for me at this point. You know, You're playing the it's long been, game here, yeah, yeah, totally. The well-rounded, you know, like anything from production, DJing. You know, it's it's. um it's all exciting to me. It is. I, I love all of it. So, um, the, yeah, the uh, the bingo thing, though, turned into another thing that was more than I thought that it would be. Um, you <laughs> now know you, know you became the
0: legendary Chauncey Bingo.
1: Exactly. Chauncey Bingo is a uh, sort of self-deprecating um, bingo uh, master of ceremonies. Yes. <laughs> is the character that uh, that he would be... Defined as and um, the artist formerly known as right exactly he's uh so he I get I get to have fun with that one you know what I that's mean that's your fun I, one I kind of get to beat the crowd up a little bit they're they're into it you know like that's a great thing he does oh over it's there. a oh yeah. dude he's he, shout out to Jono.
0: yeah that's a fact too good uh, good thing over there. Mm-hmm. It's uh you know but but so what is the aside from Chauncey Bingo and, and doing these amazing events and and staying busy with all the things you're doing what does the future hold I mean what 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 does James Ryan have on his plate What's what's in the crystal so, ball?
1: Um, I'd been working uh just just before you know everything got the rug pulled out on on um this um, drum machine type thing. It's an automated percussion instrument. That is able to be fixed onto drums and such. It's not—I I don't want to call it a robot drummer, but it, it uses—it um, uses MIDI to trigger. Um, I'm sorry, this is something, something you're building. I built it already. Yeah.
0: So you're actually inventing. So Junior yeah. Inventor is actually yes, inventing things. For
1: sure. That's yeah. That's that's part of it. And the, the Junior Inventor that that you know that that came about as a as sort of a mantra to jump forward on whatever you're considering. You know, when that passion hits that, you're just like, let me, uh, let me absolutely put my efforts in here, even though I'm not a professional yet. You know what I mean? It's like, you've got to take those first steps. You've got to be that you've got to be the junior inventor, not to, not to, uh, sound corny like that but i didn't realize that's that's where
0: the name came from yeah yeah.
1: straight up that's it's like something i kept in my heart of just being like all right if you need to you know fix this uh engine to make sure that your tour van is working like you better start figuring out the inventions man if you want to um you know dj you better figure out how to uh get your gear together get your music get your whole production schedule down like that make your friends like all that it's um it's all part of just this mantra of of going and getting it that's that's kind of what i mean you've got to invent it if it's not there for you and you want it you better invent it that's that's what that's what it's meant and to you'll do.
0: be a junior inventor until you get there
1: yeah exactly and then and then then at one point you'll become a professional
0: i i think that's beautiful man and that that's tr- it's 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 there's so much truth in it too because Everybody has to hone their craft, right? You don't wake up just being good at something. You have to chip away at it. You got to suck at it for a fire, while. Yeah, fire and you got to switch it up. Like you said, there's flares. There's different things you got to use to keep yourself creative, keep the juices flowing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about being passionate. Like you said, that's the number one thing is being passionate. That's it doesn't what matter it what, what you're what trying what to is. do. It really doesn't. Yep, it doesn't matter what, what you're doing in your life. If you do it with passion, you're going to be happy with yourself. Absolutely. Or you're at least not going to be bummed with yourself that you didn't. Totally. That's what's going to haunt people at the end of the day. If you're one of those guys that goes to work and you're 9 to 5 Monday through Friday and you're not happy and you're dredging and Mondays suck and you're looking forward to Fridays because they're that dope, that means you fucking hate your job. (laughs) That's a fact. And you have to switch it up and make it do something. Whether it's, you know, if you like nature start going on more hikes if you like photography buy a fucking camera if you like right. doing video shit go buy a drone right Dude, this shit is cheap now I'm you can you. buy
1: a drone for 200 bucks and it's like state of the art no we're basically you, in the age right. of freelance we're, robotics freelance with, robotics with, 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 with drones and all this you it's, can buy like a
0: walking dog thing with a camera on it like you could buy anything now like you totally. there's no excuse anymore it's pretty inexpensive for you to get
1: creative thank you exactly that's that's the point like if you, if you got if you have to figure out how to build it build it and so
0: youtube use youtube youtube you, everything trust me it's college a, youtube dude, is literally college so
1: much open source material that it's it's you can if you want to do that you can do that
0: right if you want to learn how to clean your carburetor go to youtube yep if you want to learn how to change that. a string on your guitar go to youtube yep you want to learn how to friggin uh do a, a a sound edit in your editing program online guess what there's some nerd in youtube that figured that shit out already right. and it's already up there right We'd be happy to talk to. We'd be happy to talk to you. Ask right. questions. I had exactly. Nate Fife on here and I just launched that podcast. And we were talking about how he used his networking to produce resources. You know, go to the next guy because he makes jewelry and he's right. a jeweler. So it's like, okay. Ah, very cool. You know, if you're very doing cool. this, you know, oh, how did you do that technique? Or how did you do this? It's like, you're just asking some guy. The worst that could happen is that he says No. Right. Then you ask the next guy, which which actually <laughs> I mean, you'll find rarely happens. Because, rarely because
1: you know people want to talk about their pe- arts and passion te- they're passionate. Those same people who want to learn want to teach. You know what I mean? Like there's if it's not passionate, some, if exactly if it's not some like silly tra- uh, silly deep trade secret that they'll they'll talk about everything around
0: it, right? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. If it's not the KFC talk. herbs and spices recipes, exactly. you know they, they'll they- still talk to you, <laughs> right? I'll A- still talk. And to that's you. the difference. And, you know, that that's you're right. And uh, that's important, using mm-hmm. the networking blending it all together. Right. But so moving forward into this year and the mindset you're going to have going forward like the fall, the winter, what's on the agenda? Do you have anything crazy booked? Do you have any trips planned or anything? No, I'm starting I'm going? starting
1: to finally finally think about it. I have um I have enough uh, friends weddings and stuff actually that I'm just finishing out October with. But then, of course, you know people start hitting you up about Halloween and where that fall, where's that falling this year? And then
0: you get booked to do Halloween gigs too. So it's basically any holiday. Already,
1: I've had three. I've had Blue Point Brew Co., Green Greenport Brewing Company, and uh, and Clubhouse as well. uh, Hit me up about sheesh. Already in the past week, all, all it was like nearly they they all hit me up on nearly on the on the same day. Um, so, I mean, it's nice, it's nice to have that, but at the same time, I do think about, you know, wanting to take a few, um, you know, couple weeks or something in Florida and, and DJ down there. you know, set up, set up some traveling because, because I, I love traveling. And, and part of the reason why I've loved music for so long is because it has helped facilitate that. Um, right. Whether you're in a
0: band traveling over shows or you're in a DJ thing going on things,
1: right. You can, you can move around with it. Um so which is good
0: to know as somebody who's looking who loves music, maybe you don't know what you want to do, you're in high school, you don't really know what's going on, or you're in college, you don't really figured it out. Go for it. You know, you're it. out of college, you still no. don't really know what you're doing. Dude, mm-hmm. if you DJ on the side or you like that dude, just go for yeah, it. That's what we're telling music, you. Music, yeah, just go we're
1: for literally it. Literally telling you you to gotta go for it. because it. like, it, it's going to work out. It's just going the, the universe If you're passionate as, and you know as, what you're doing and you're I rhythmic
0: said, and you can figure it out, you got it. Like universe, you already had the ear for music, so it was easy to DJ, I feel like. Right. Comparatively. Thank Almost <laughs> in a better sense. No, because you're a musician, it's easier. Right. I'm a drummer. It'd be easier for me to be a DJ because I get the rhythm. I get yeah, the drops. Right. I get the, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. Instead count, of somebody square on. one coming in, like, Counting. no rhythm. But I'm still saying,
1: hard. right. It is harder, but at the same time, if you just start going for it, the universe will conspire in your favor, as they say. And it's it's like, you know, at a point I had so much audio equipment and stuff just because people started to get to know me as you know, someone involved in audio, whether it be music or DJing or whatever, and so they're like, "Oh, I have this um, crazy analog PV mixing board, and we're, my uncle doesn't need it anymore." Do you want it? Exactly. He became like the and junk point, collector. Exactly. Right? Uh, well, yeah, but at the same time, you you rec- knowing the industry, you recognize the value in it, and it starts becoming difficult to say no. And then, yes, you do have to start to purge. <laughs> you know that, that <laughs> stuff for sure. Right. Yeah, that's a fact um that's how it really is but that's what i'm saying as you know as they say in uh, the alchemist the universe will conspire in your favor as you start to just go for it
0: fortune favors the bold.
1: that's it that's it that's a fact
0: that's it man. so hey james it's been a fucking pleasure you're right man. It's
1: been a blast being on here with you i'm uh i'm stoked to see the future of this show very stoked to see that you're doing this too
0: I think, I think this is going to turn into something really special. I think we're going to I get, agree with you. get get this thing ramped up and, you know, thousands of listeners a week, and it's going to be a big thing. And then, and then we can expand, baby. We can open up the giant studio. We can have a club and event space. Uh, we can That's do whatever it. we want. The world's ours, baby. That's it. The world is ours. James, thanks again. Appreciate you.
1: All right. Love you, my bro.
0: Love you too, man. If you want to advertise on Highly Educated, the podcast to our local listener base, please give a contact to 3mile media at gmail.com. That's 3mile media at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.